This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. Hello, uh, uh, this is uh, Nick and Nat's fan club. Hello, uh, my name's Nick Helm, and this is Nathaniel Metcalf. And this is f- fan, fan club. Fan club. Uh, first rule of fan club is tell all your, your friends, friends about fan club. <laughs> tell your friends about fan club. And what's the second? T- please, please, Great, please, for the Helen. love of God, tell your friends <laughs> about fan club. Uh, I didn't, I didn't tweet about the show today, uh, so I can't even tell you. If we've even had three Let's retweets, see. Hang on. I, I can find um, out. but I was just saying that I, t- I tweeted a joke in the week uh, that was um, uh, that me uh, saying, "Ah, oh, when you, it was like one of those things where I was like, I had a photo of me smacking myself in the head, and then uh, it was, uh, oh, when you uh, watch the ads on something that you've taped." And uh, I thought, oh, that's all right. I've done, it's done surprisingly well for someone that r- hates Twitter. But it's done surprisingly <laughs> well. But what I have is several people have been in contact quite angrily to say, oh, taped, what are you? A, a caveman that's been frozen in time. And you go, you're still allowed to say the word taped. When yeah, it comes so to it's one of those words. That's what it means now. It just means I taped recorded. But it I, it yeah. doesn't mean that you use an actual tape. No, no. But, uh, yeah, but people would say taped. It's, I mean, I think we're cooler for saying taped. I think taped is sort of retro. Yeah, it's like retro. It's and analogue. Analogue, that's what... I think, I think it's absolutely fine to say taped. I uh, think I'm probably more analogue than I am digital anyway. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> like Bruce Willis in Die Hard 4. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, anyway, so if, if it was you, uh, uh, stop being so bloody anal. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, what if you put been, tape over your yeah, mouth? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, or a rec- recording over you. What Nat said. Yeah, um, that's fan club. So, um, what have you been a fan of this week, Nat? Well, I went with you, Nick, on Monday to see Bill Murray at the Royal Festival Hall. Yeah, we went to see Bill Murray at the Royal Festival. Well, it's interesting because Hayley last week was talking about going to see uh, Woody yeah, Allen yeah, in yeah. concert and I was talking about Steve Martin we were talking about how Woody Allen didn't really address uh, well it's ad- when, they're, when they're doing concerts of things that they're not really known for isn't it so like comedians doing music essentially yeah and so Bill, uh, uh, Steve Martin played the banjo and I went to see that and he did some jokes Woody Allen plays the clarinet he didn't do any jokes and let's see uh, Bill Murray do uh, readings from Mark Twain yeah. uh, accompanied by a cellist <laughs> and uh, Jan Volga Jan Volga who's a, who's a very I, I, to be honest I'm not, I'm not familiar with Jan Volga but that's my fault that's my thought. Apparently, he's, he's world famous well, Bill in the Murray, cello world. Bill Murray bumped into him on an international flight, and uh, he's doing well. And got got to know him there, and then he ended up uh, doing a doing a bloody show at the Royal Festival Hall. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. And uh, what did you think of it? I, I actually, it's really nice to see Bill Murray for one. Yeah, but that does wear off fast, doesn't it? It does. It does. Once you've seen it, yeah. And then, and then you're just sort of. I, I thought that um, uh, it could have done a little bit more structure, uh, but it was fine. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think he's got a lovely voice, Bill Murray. Yeah. I think he's got a lovely voice. tone to his voice, which I think worked with that kind of classical concert thing, because he's he, his voice is very. It's like an instrument. He uses it like an instrument. Sure. I well, interestingly, I was watching The Raven starring John Cusack this week. Oh yeah. And uh, it did dawn on me that John Cusack has a very similar voice to Bill Murray. Oh yeah. Like the, it was the same voice. I had okay. my eyes closed for a lot of The Raven. Uh, it's a great, great movie, uh, but it works on an audio level. Um, so, yeah, it's good. But, but, uh, and the other thing I watched this week was Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. Starring Bill Murray. And, that's uh, fan club. That's, uh, that, it all connects. And, uh, and the, the, I've, I went to see Bill... I think Ghostbusters 2 was the first film that I went to see at cinema that I didn't need to piss during. Oh, wow. Uh, so I must have been... I think I was seven or eight, and I was really proud of myself because I managed the whole... One hour, 45 minutes, and not, not needing a wee. So, uh, so, yeah. That's not true, actually. I do actually remember that I did need a wee during it now. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. 
there I was, uh, all boastful, and I've just realised that that's incorrect because I remember because when I came out of the toilets, Vigo's head was floating over a river of slime, and uh, I was terrified. Uh, I was a sensitive <laughs> child. But what I did notice about Ghostbusters 2, which I haven't noticed before, um, is how little the gang are all together on screen. Right. And, I, and, and obviously Ghostbusters 2 uh, had very... I think the reason why Ghostbusters works, one of the reasons why Ghostbusters works, uh, and it's the same reason why Anchorman works, and the same reason why Ghostbusters 2 and Anchorman 2 don't work, is the fact that uh, with Ghostbusters, I think they had sort of like... They had too much to film. Right. right. So they ended up with... The, they had these huge scripts, and then you have these... Uh, so what happens is lots of the sequences from Ghostbusters either got cut out or they got uh, uh, compounded into sort of like a montage sequence. So the whole bit with Dan Aykroyd wearing kind of like an admiral's uniform and getting a blowjob off a ghost. Exactly. That was a whole sequence where they go to a haunted castle, but they didn't use it, and they just used that one clip. And then when you see them running about New York and doing and having a, all the newspapers flying out, they were all like sequences, and then, uh, and then they got compounded down into um, I think to montages. Uh, but when you get to Ghostbusters 2, because they were all so busy, they basically filmed what they had. And yeah. the first one was sort of made in the edit. Everything they filmed is in Ghostbusters 2. I think that's the same problem with Anchorman too, where the, they had so much leftover material with Anchorman that they made another film out of it. Mm, you know, there's like an Anchorman re- redux. Yeah, and with, uh, with uh, Anchorman 2, it's like they're so busy. They're all like superstars now. That, uh, that they filmed what they had, and then the film is just basically, we haven't got anything else, this is it, this is it. And if it didn't work, they didn't have any options in the edit. That's what I think. Controversially, I don't know that... Now, I watched Ghostbusters again last year or something. I don't like it as much as I did when I was a kid. I think it really suffers for that. I don't think you can... I think... That, um, I think... I still like Ghostbusters. I still really like Ghostbusters. Um, it's... it's uh, you know, it's not my favourite. If I had to pick a Bill Murray, it would be Groundhog Day, which oh, I yeah. think is a perfect film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's very few perfect films, but I think Groundhog Day is one of them. Um, I think I think that's true. I think there are fair... What, what would you say? Perfect films, I'd say Back to the Future, Back I think is a perfect film. Jaws, I think is a perfect film. Uh, I can't think of many others. Goodfellas, I would say. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There are others, but maybe this is the thing that we can do for the... Re- I mean, Natalie is t- saying something through the thing. Have you typed something? No, you haven't. Okay. It's distracting. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I thought you had a perfect film. Um, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Priscilla Queen of the Desert is a perfect... Uh, do you know what? I haven't seen that. I've seen... I haven't seen it. Oh, we went to see the musical with Jason Donovan in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I got the worst seats. Do you guess who I was sitting next to? Uh, who are you sitting next to, Nick? When I went to see Priscilla Queen of the Desert, the yeah. person I was sitting next to was the spotlight operator. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, the worst seats. Um, uh, I don't think Grace Point Blank is a perfect film, Natalie. I think he's a good film. Yeah, I think he's a good film. I'll tell you who's in Grace Point Blank, though. Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd, that's fan club. Uh, so, so with uh, with, um, <laughs> with Ghostbusters, you kind of like uh, they were all at the beginning of their career, and it was kind of yeah. like a big thing. And it was originally for John Belushi, and Bill Murray came along, and he kind of like filled in and all of that. So, yeah, great. Ghostbusters Two is like you can see how much tension there is on the set, where all of Bill Murray's scenes. There's a few scenes where he's with Dan Aykroyd and uh, Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. but basically most of the scene, Ernie Hudson. Uh, Barely in it, yeah, yeah. Again, which you'd think they'd have yeah, corrected think by that point, would, yeah, of course. Uh, and so, obviously, people, there's a lot of fans that don't particularly like uh, Ghostbusters Two because it's just a rehash of the first one, etc. Blah, blah, blah. But I think one of the main problems is that Bill Murray it clearly he puts in a really obnoxious performance where he's actually quite unlikable, like the opposite of mm. how likable he was in the first film. And then also, all of his scenes are either with a baby or with Sigourney Weaver or just him on his own. Right, and then you'll have a scene where Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis are sort of like explaining something scientific to him, and he'll be taking the piss out of out of them to their faces, right? In character, 
But there's sort of like this uneasy look in Dan Aykroyd's eyes. Yeah, like he's not enjoying himself. And it probably wasn't a happy thing to film. I think it was a very miserable experience. Like Bill Murray turned up on set. He signed up for it and he turned up on set and then he found out that basically they'd rewritten the script and this wasn't the script he'd signed on for. So he's furious. But there's whole scenes where uh, you've got um, the three of them. You've got uh, Ernie Hudson, uh, Harold Ramis and uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd. And they run in and they go, hey, hey, Peter, we need your help. And uh, Bill Murray... <laughs> He just turns around and says, I'm going to have dinner with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and then the next scene is they're absolutely covered in shit. There's slime all over them and all that. And they're coming out of like a, a drain. And Bill Murray's just, he's not even wearing the, the outfit anymore. He's just wearing kind of like a, a, a trench coat. And he's just like, he, I mean, he literally turned up, turned up for work. He's not get, in the film. He's not in the film. And when he, and when he, and it's, a, it's a different character. Anyway, that's what I noticed. Well, I hadn't noticed, but I knew that there was always something wrong with Ghostbusters 2, but I couldn't quite put my finger in it. And it's the fact that the there's no chemistry between the main lot and Bill Murray basically didn't want to do it. I was at the time as well, at the time of Ghostbusters 2, a fan of the real Ghostbusters cartoon series. Mm. And I remember like when Ghostbusters 2 was on, I felt that that was canon, the, the uh, continuity in that. So when it's like, but you have been Ghostbusters all this time. Yeah. That's why I found it really confusing that at the start of Ghostbusters 2, they've all kind of disbanded and gone their own way. I will tell a lie about Ghostbusters 2. There was a whole sequence that they filmed that they cut out, which was uh, Rick Moranis didn't want to come back unless he had a bigger part. So they wrote an entire subplot with about him and his cousin, who was played by Eugene Levy. <laughs> and they filmed this whole half the film with Eugene Levy in it. And, uh, and they just, I think they always knew they were going to cut it. And then that's why you've got Rick Moranis kind of like walking into a room and going, <laughs> oh, Slimer! No, th- that was my impression. Um, <laughs> it's ten past. We've talked for ten minutes. About Ghostbusters 2 and Bill Murray. That's fun. Fan club. Uh, we c- can play a song now. We've got a special guest coming up after the song as well. Got a special guest coming up after the song. We've got uh, the one, the only, uh, Brett Goldstein. And, um, I mean, that's how he actually has to be introduced. Introduced. Uh, no, we've got a song for uh, a very special birthday girl. She's 30 today, and I cannot find the fucking... Oh, I've got to use my hand. <laughs> got to use my other hand. Uh, here we go. Uh, and a player. Come on, come on. Part one? What are you saying? Part one? Why are you shouting at me? Why are you shouting at me? Nick and Nat's fan club on Food Bar Radio. And we're back! Uh, just to, like to apologise, I wasn't slagging off John Cusack before the song. Uh, I was basically just saying that I didn't think that Grace Point Blank was a perfect film from beginning to end. Uh, don't worry, it's a very good film, uh, but it's just lacking. So <laughs> 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 oh, God, I couldn't get through the sentence. Um, uh, welcome back to Nick. And that's fan, fan club. club. Um, yes. We are joined in the studio now by, uh, by uh, well, um, professional? Professional comedian uh, <laughs> Brett, Brett Goldstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how, how are you doing, Brett? Uh, I'm very grateful to be here with you two. Ah, good. What are you working on at the moment? Are you doing Edinburgh? I'm doing a new Edinburgh show, yes. Yeah. And have you got any shows coming up in London? Uh, I'm doing one at the Aces of Eights. Aces, Aces and, and Eights. Aces and Eights. I can't in remember Tuffle the date. Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, uh, keep keep, keep uh, updating that website to, yeah. find out, <laughs> to find out when Brett's on at Aces June and Eights. June the 19th? June the 19th. Could be. Could be. I yeah. bet it's on their website, though, if you wanted to go. Yeah, if you looked up Aces and Aces, me and Jen Brister, who, you know, if you hate my show, you've got Jen Brister. So I love Jen Brister. Exactly. We're not going to hate your show, Brett. Oh, bless you. I'm not going to hate your show. I like, I, I, I've, I've literally sat and watched everything you've done. I yeah, actually, you, I, you I, too. I love all your shows, Brett. I really do. I think they're incredible. This is the first time you've done Edinburgh in three years. Yeah. Is it? Did yeah. you do last year? No, I was meant to do last year and then I had to cancel. Why did you cancel? Because of a job. What job? Uh... Oh, because I did a... Do you know why? It was really awful, and I guess I'm allowed to talk about it, because I did a pilot in America, and you have to, like, sign a thing saying you're available for seven years. Yeah, until, of course you did. Until you find out if it's been picked up or not. And so, legally, I was not allowed to have Edinburgh booked in. Right. And then in, like, July 31st, they said, oh, well, the series isn't going forward. And you were like, oh, thanks. So, my August is free. What's, um, <laughs> what's that like, then? What? Being in a big American show. America. 
America <laughs> is big. Uh, what's it like being a pilot? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 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 process of getting a part in a pilot is one of the most stressful, insane experiences. I'll give you a short version, but basically, when I, I did two pilots, I did an HBO one four years ago, three years ago, and two years ago, I don't know, who cares? And you, I had to audition 12 times for it, but the first audition was just with like a casting director, then you're asked to come back the next day with like the director, then you're asked to come back the next day, director, writer, you're asked to come back the next day with executives, until eventually you're doing an audition in a room that is basically a small theatre with like 50 people in it all the execs wow. from HBO and the president and every time I was like do you want something different because they're also filming it every time yeah, you go, sure. you've got the that's what it's going to look like on camera yeah, but it yeah. doesn't feel like you're doing a play or something I was like, like do you want me to do it bigger and they were like no no exactly how you're doing it and uh, and in the end and then on the final day where you have your screen test which is the last one when you've got through to the final final round you have to, you get locked in. You arrive at HBO. No one's friendly. No one goes, "Hi, yeah, welcome." Everyone's like, "Come up here." You get locked in a room. There are three other actors. You're down to three. Everyone's like sequestered in different like prison cells. You left alone there. No one tells you what's going on. Then a lawyer comes in with like twenty pages of contracts and says, "Sign this," and you're basically signing the next seven years of your life to this show. Yeah. And you're not allowed to do anything else, and you're like, uh, uh, and there's just a lawyer yeah. going, sign this, sign this, and you go, uh, okay. And, and are you in the room with the other possible three people? No, that they're, might in have your separate, part? they're in separate oh. prisons, but then eventually. So it's like you're criminals and uh, trying yeah. to get your version of the story. Yeah, and then eventually you're brought out, and then you are with the three others, the two others, and you're like just literally stood in a like queue, and they mic you up, and you're at the door of the like performance area. And then someone comes and gets the person. I was like last of the three. They go in and then you just, you don't know what's happened to them. And then they come out looking haunted <laughs> and they go, cheers guys, good luck. And then they go. And then the next one, you just have to stand in this corridor. And then eventually I went in and it's like the president of HBO, the, all the execs. It's the, and what? And, and I did, and it was a comedy. And, uh, but but what, what do you do when you go through Oh, the so I went in and I went... And I was like, I don't know if you say hello, I don't know what the rule is. Yeah. And I came in and I went, hi everyone. And no one said anything. <laughs> everyone just stared, folded arms at me. And I thought, oh, this is, okay. And then you're doing like a comedy scene. And you're doing it with the lead, I was with the lead actor. But the mood is not light at all. No, no one's laughing. I didn't hear any laughter all day. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm doing a gig, it's like a corporate gig. It's the like, worst possible... Um, uh, experience to go through in comedy. order to get something yeah. positive yeah. out of it. And then I left, and then thank God the casting director was very kind to me because you leave just thinking, I've no idea because it was silent. And the casting director sort of took me aside and she went, That's the best you've ever done it. And I thought, It's exactly the same way I've done it every single time, <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, yeah. And then I got in my car, and then, and then 20 minutes later I got a text saying, You've got the, you've got the part. And then it was like, yeah, yeah, and then I... But then after that, there's still a lot of pressure, because you can kind of get fired at any moment. Yeah, so then you hear that people get fired. So we did a, you do a read-through. Oh, this is the worst. Do you want all this? Yeah. Yeah, All right. That's boring, isn't it? We've got 40 minutes to film. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the worst, the worst story, but it it was all extensive. this. We were told you've got a casual, casual read-through before the main read-through. The main read-through is in front of all the execs and all the producers, and I was told... That one's pressure, that one's pressure. But this one is just so the cast can all be together and hear the show read out loud together. So I turn up for the casual read-through and the director very specifically says, this is just a casual read-through, no pressure, let's just try have stuff. Fun. Have fun. We're all having fun. Sure. Let's try some stuff and if it doesn't work, we can refine it and then when we do the real read-through, so we do the casual read-through, everyone's laughing, having fun, people are trying stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, it finishes, oh, guys, that was amazing. Thank you so much. We all file out. We'll see you in a few days. Uh, Lorraine, uh, just a minute, please. As Lorraine's leaving, Lorraine, put down. Lorraine she was, was killed. Lorraine was not there at the real read-through. Absolutely. Wow, horrific. that is horrible. It's different in England. Isn't yeah, it? in England you do one audition. <laughs> when we did Uncle, yeah. uh, I read the script, and the character Casper was for this 20-year-old Justin Bieber kid. And, and I, I said, you should get Brett and then <laughs> turn up on set and you're there. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, yeah. right. And you're completely wrong for the part as it was Absolutely. written. Absolutely. But you're great. <laughs> well, thanks. That's how you do it, isn't it? <laughs> so much easier in English. So much easier. No execs. One audition. Mm. In. 
in. I think it was a self tape. Anyway, my dad uh, is really proud of how well my TV career is going, and I said, "No, dad, it's not my TV career. I've just been in a lot of pilots." So um, <laughs> that's fan club. So, what are you a fan of this week, Brett? Uh, oh, in life, actually. Oh, in life. That, uh, you got a favourite TV show? Oh, by the way, a film that I think is perfect. Hmm. So oh, that? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think School of Rock is a perfect film. I think there is not a not a sausage rug with it. Yeah, uh, that's a really great film, actually. Uh, yeah. I went with my dad to see that cinema, and that was one of the ones where uh, you come out of it, and because me and my dad have a different kind of like perspective on films, and some things that I like, he'll hate, mm. and some things that I mean, like he came up, we came up, we went to see Hook together in 1990. Okay. And my dad came out of it and said, that was all right. And that was the moment I lost respect for him. That was, I was just like, oh, wow. Even, even I knew as a nine-year-old that Hook was shit. When I was, when I was 10, because of Batman came out and it was a 12 certificate, yeah. I got very excited about the idea I could get into 12 certificate films if I went with my dad. And so I went to see anything that was a 12 certificate. So we went to see My Left Foot when I was 10. <laughs> a 10. A 10-year-old boy went to see My Left Foot. And the best thing about it was, when my dad went to see it, he doesn't really know about things, so he just went up to the box office and said, um, two left feet, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love it. Do you remember liking it? I remember quite liking it, yeah. yeah. I was that sort of kid, I think. I'm the kind of kid that would have enjoyed my left, my left foot. Yeah. <laughs> I still like quite grim films. As you know, I do. I, you I do, like, you like Kez, don't I you? I love Kez. absolutely love it. Kez. <sighs> mm, uh, I've not seen Kez. You've never seen You've never it? Seen no, it. but I feel like I have. I've watched you do an act out of the yeah. entirety of Kez or something, and you did all the impressions, and uh, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah, that's way, basically it. In a way, yeah. It's as good as, it's as, good as that. I feel like with your um, mental health, you shouldn't see Kez. Sure. If I may. Sure, cool. Yeah. <laughs> as a guidance. Uh, I wasn't guidance. planning on talking about my mental health on... Uh, on uh, uh, Nick and Nat's fan club. That's fan club. Seen as, That's you, fan club. seen as you brought it up, Brett, uh, I do have days when I find it difficult to get out of uh, keep it light. <laughs> so, um, so Brett, have um, you got a favourite TV show? I am. <laughs> well, I've got many, but I was thinking, what am I like obsessive about? And yeah. I am obsessive about Twin Peaks. I've, I've been oh. like obsessive, and I read all the books, and I think about. I think probably think about Twin Peaks every day. Yeah. And it makes me happy just to think about it. I think, because I, I, did you watch it when it was first aired? Well, so I, so I think Twin Peaks like, is, is the reason I'm sort of fucked in the head is because when I, I was nine or something and I was with my sister and we'd come home from somewhere and we ran in to say hello to my dad and he was watching telly and he went, shut up! He went, shut up! <laughs> Sit down! <laughs> and it was the very first episode of Twin Peaks and he didn't want us disturbing him so we didn't know what it was and we sat down and watched this show and we were like oh my god and then the end of the first episode is the most terrifying thing of all time and me and my sister then were scared forever to the extent that I was supposed to move out of my sister's bedroom that day I believe or it was like I'd had one day in my own room and I was so scared my sister was so scared I dragged my mattress back into my sister's room and just slept by her bed and it stayed like that until I was 18 years old (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've never seen uh, Twin Peaks. You've never oh, seen oh, it. It's, da- it's David Lynch, right? Yeah, yeah. So and he did June. Right? Yes. Mm. So I have a difficulty sitting through David Lynch stuff, and it's, it's just because I'm not very mature. I think mentally mature, mm. uh, or I haven't been. I've, I, in my head, I've built it up as this terrifying, uh, hardcore experience. Obviously, I know about Twin Peaks, know of Twin Peaks, but I've never actually. I've even got a DVD, Blu-ray box set, or whatever it is, and I and it's not got the cellophane taken off it. You know what I mean? It's just kind mm. of like. I know it's something I'm going to do at some point. And I had a meeting with a writer, and we were talking, and we were talking about Twin Peaks, and I said, oh, I've never seen it. And then he proceeded. I mean, I've waited 20 years to see it. I will watch it. I'm definitely going to see it. Right? I'm going to watch the film, and I'm going to watch the new series. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all, right? I am okay. going to do it. And I told the writer, oh, I've not seen it yet. You know, I've been kind of waiting for that moment. And he said, right, yeah, well, this is the ending. And he just t- told me the ending. He didn't even say, he just told me the ending. Why would you do that? I don't know. And now I can't... I, if I, I watch it, I'm not going to commit I'm not gonna commit to like a 30-hour... Do you know what? I think you can still watch it. You can. There's absolutely... It didn't even have an ending until six months ago. Yeah, you can still watch it. it it's a real sad... I think, I've got to, I think I've got to drink enough so that my memory gets frazzled yeah, so okay. that I'll forget that we had that conversation. I but also like, think you'll love it. 
I'm really surprised you haven't seen it. I'm sort of yeah. I'm scared, I'm, I'm scared of it. I, th- I, f- I think that it's like one of the. It's like Mulholland Drive. It's like everyone goes, oh man. It's like you know watching a dream. And I'm just, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I, I want it to be really. I have difficulties with The Shining because it's ambiguous. So right. it's just like yeah. I don't want to watch something that's deliberately, constantly ambiguous. I just want people to say, "This, this is what is, it is. This is what it is." Happy Gilmore wins the cup. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh yeah, good. Oh yeah, okay. Well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you won't like. I'm it. definitely going to watch okay. it. It's not like something I've written off. It's just I'm, I've been spending all my life gearing up to. I it. reckon if you watch the first episode and yeah, you didn't like be. it, you're probably it's probably fine not to watch. Yeah, the rest but you of can it. say a lot of that. You know, if you watch no, the first two series say, of Game of Thrones and you haven't yeah. managed to get through that, even though some of your friends are in it, then it's just kind of, <laughs> and you still can't get through it. But I think Twin Peaks is better in that you know how like most of like modern box sets people go like you've got to watch six episodes you've got to yeah. six hours eleven then if you're you watch, into it if you watch series one and two yeah. they're quite bad but then if you if you spend <laughs> yeah. thirty then, hours then Danny watching, DeVito yeah. shows up yeah. Yeah. it's much more watchable if you give three <laughs> days of your life to this thing you're not enjoying eventually you'll enjoy it because it's like Stockholm syndrome yeah. but Twin Peaks give it one yeah give it if one if you don't like it at the end of the, the pilot I don't think you need to it. watch the rest sure okay walk away right okay next I, I really like Carl McLachlan. He's, sure, he's so great, I'm, and I'm, bas- I'm basing that on the fact that I've seen Showgirls. Yeah, well, I imagine him like <laughs> he's where amazing. He's, he's happier to be there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. And what, what, what? So that's that's why do you like why do you like Twin Peaks? Because it's scary. Because uh, it sort of has, I think, like l- genuinely done. I suppose like a dream, whatever. It lives in my head, hmm. and, and I think about it a lot. And it's sort of, I have. I, pro- I genuinely, I think I'm. I now sound mad, but I, th- I think about it every day, yeah. and I have a new thought about it. Like, oh, what about the thing? And it's sort of, gr- and I think it gives you the thing that you don't like. Which, to be fair, the thing that David Lynch does, I don't like anyone else doing it. It isn't like I like weird, arty shit normally. Yeah, sure. But David Lynch is so individual and unique that anyone trying to be David Lynch, I hate it. I'm like, oh, this is Lynch-esque. Is usually shit. Yes, but pure Lynch. There's nothing like it, and it's like. Um, but it's also just spending a holiday in this guy's yeah. head, isn't it? And it's just that thing where it's like Americana, but in a very sort of pleasant. It, the other thing is, considering how dark and bleak some of the things that happen in Twin Peaks are, the town. Yeah. It's still a place that you go. Oh, I'd love to live there, even though yeah. you know there are all sorts of like weird, terrible, horrific things happening. Mm. You'd still feel like. I want to spend some time there and yeah. hang out with all the people. I mean, I really like Blue Velvet. Yeah, you'll love well, it. It's more You're going to love it. like that, but so more. It's like that. The thing is also, he, uh, uh, why I really respect him, is you know we have this thing of nostalgia and everything comes back and everything comes back and, and I think everything comes back and we're really excited, like Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested Development's coming back, we're all excited. And then it comes back and we go, oh, it wasn't quite as good as we were all hoping. And it's sort of, I think it's because everything comes back and they kind of give us what we want mm. and giving us what we want isn't actually that satisfying because in the beginning it was new to us and what's so amazing about Twin Peaks The Return which did 25 years later I mean I was very excited about it and very nervous about it is like from episode one of it it's like he's gone oh by the way I'm not going to give you remotely what you want you hmm. fucking dicks yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever the fuck I want and you will like it because that's what you liked in the first place is you've never seen anything like this before yeah, exactly. and I'm giving you something you've never seen before even though and yet you when think you want the same and, I, and you like that I love, I think and yet it's when amazing. someone like Ryan Johnson does that it's just annoying <laughs> so, um, but that is similar thing though the Star yeah. Wars The Force Awakens is someone making a Star Wars film as a response to the prequels that its audience didn't like so that so what The Force Awakens is is J.J. Abrams making a Star Wars film that he thinks Star Wars fans will like because I'll just try and make it exactly like the the three Star Wars films that people love yeah whereas the the thing that's Twin Peaks has this thing where it's David Lynch saying oh I've been away for I haven't done this film in 20 years but in those 20 years I've been developing I'm not the same David Lynch I'm still working on things I'm still an artist I don't think in the same way anymore but I'm going to do a sequel as if I was making it now with all the things I like now but it still is it's still obviously the work of the same man but he doesn't yeah. do the whole series does he yeah every single oh he does the original season two is original. like a mess because at some point <clears throat> yeah. it all goes wrong 
but that's the latest one that's I the one that was made recently no no, no. no the latest one is all him 18 hours oh pure, right pure I thought that he left the series yeah, in the middle of the second there's two series of the original right. second series you want to know who killed Laura Palmer everything's amazing up to who killed Laura Palmer then after they've told you who killed Laura Palmer it's a fucking disaster for about 12 episodes I you don't have to watch them I wouldn't even say watch them and then come in for the last finale where David Lynch came back and you're in for a treat okay just to think it back the thing about Ghostbusters 2 mm. is that they were trying to give you the same film again yes and they weren't able to do that and they would have been better off just <laughs> continuing the original storyline from Ghostbusters 1 that's so, fan club. That's fan club. Um, <laughs> that so is fan club. What is your, uh, what's your, what's your favourite film, Brett? Is that what we're going to go on to? Is it? Yeah. What should we do? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? I was going to say, is it worth having a song at this point? Well, I normally put the song on about uh, 20 minutes to, <laughs> okay. and then we come back and then we play the game. And then, so I think we've got another 10 minutes before we're going to play Lovely the song. Stuff. Just letting you in behind the magician's curtain <laughs> there. Uh, favourite film, can I have three? You can do whatever you like, really. All it's right. a very, it's, 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 it's a springboard for a chat, basically. Uh, don't look now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> don't look now, yeah. Right, don't look now, don't but look. What, what's your favourite film? <laughs> don't look now, Singing in the Rain, Muppets Christmas Carol. Sure, okay. That would be my favourite. Okay. Can I have um, them? Should we play a song? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. I get. I think Muppets Christmas Carol is one of my two favourite Christmas films, and very much like uh, watching Ghostbusters again. Which, like my other favourite Christmas film is National Lampoon's uh, mm. Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, yeah. But that film. just doesn't get better with age. Funny, right. no. That's a film. That's in- interestingly the film that I saw with my dad. The first film we both saw that we both loved it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was that weird thing where the crossover of him say go, taking me to the cinema and hating every film. The minute that came out was the first sort of the eclipse of films we both enjoyed. When sure. you came out of the cinema, did you go, that was better than my left foot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I, I watched that every Christmas and the last few, it hasn't really done it for me. So mm. it's a little bit of a sad moment. But Muppets Christmas, Christmas Carol mm. is, yeah, it's amazing, right? It's really, um, it's it's really beautiful properly good it's really sad really sad scary so scary it's like it's got a Muppet it's got Muppets in it but it's fucking terrifying and um, and then it's really funny and the songs are amazing and I've said this before and I stand by it Michael Caine that's his best performance and I'm not being ironic I think he's fucking brilliant in it and he's the most like committed performance he's ever given and when he cries at the end of screen, and he's in a Muppet film but he ain't like being silly he ain't he's playing it I think he's genuinely, it's a really beautiful... Yeah. Should have got the Oscar for that, not Cider House Rules. Yeah. Come on, mate. Or Hannah and her sisters. Or Hannah. Well, I'm, he's good now. That's fan club. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Chaucer Revenge fan. Um, <laughs> did you see... Did you see oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> did you see Muppets Christmas Carol on release? Is it something... Did yes. You, I saw it on release, and every single year... Since. Since they've done it, I go to Prince Charles and go to the sing along. Because there's a song that's been cut, isn't there? Yeah. There's, uh, didn't it get cut for TV and then they started just actually using it? It's this. It's the sad song the that sad song young the, Scrooge. The, the love is gone. Yeah, and they don't have that in the film anymore. It's not on any of the DVD or Blu-ray. No, it was releases. on the VHS. Was it on the VHS? Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, it it's weird, sad. isn't it? That they've just sort of like taken it out. It's a good song. Great song. And then, yeah. I think it's so Because there's a callback to it it's, again at the end, isn't there? There's a medley yeah. and he kind of like starts singing the same tune. And you go, I recognise that song, but it's not being in the film. I saw it this Christmas, last Christmas just gone, uh, at a, sin- a sing-along thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was great. Uh, we were watching The Muppets and there was uh, like, a room full of hipsters that were all doing shots of tequila and uh, people were being sick. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, love, I, love, I love The Muppets. Good. <laughs> Good family entertainment. When people get it wrong, innit? Yeah. Yeah, don't it. bring tequila to the Muppets. No. And Singing in the Rain is uh, a great, a great film as well. Yeah. Which is, which is one of the films that um, is a film about films. Yeah. It's a film about uh, the, um, the end of the talkies, era, the end, yeah. of, end of silent era, and the, and the talkie films coming in. Uh, and it's got uh, Gene Kelly directed it. No, I kind of directed it with Stanley Dunning, I believe. Yeah. Very funny film. Holds yeah. up. Holds up as funny. And Gene Kelly's. Gene Kelly Gorgeous. Is, oh God, I love to. He's, he's a very manly could, man, isn't he? If it? you could dig someone up and fuck them. Gene Kelly. <laughs> Gene Kelly and Cary Grant, right? Not Cary, he's not my type. 
If I could dig up Gene Kelly, I'd, 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 I'd say, could we do a dance? I've got the shovel in my boot. I've got. In this scenario, is he still dead when you dig him up, or does he come out? Does he of, come to life? Is he like? Or is does he just, come to life, or is he? Is he like Sandra Bullock at the end of the Vanishing? Spoiler alert. Or is he like uh, the woman in the original? Is he is he a rotten corpse or is he? Yeah, he's that's an, what I oh, mean. Oh, he's rotten. Mate. Oh, okay. Oh, he's rotten. So I'm just fucking a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, he's been yeah. dead quite a long time. Yeah, he's, you're that's my club. <laughs> you're fucking a skeleton. Okay, yeah. whose skeleton do I want to fuck? Yeah, Gene Kelly, I suppose. Gene Kelly, brilliant. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Brett Goldstein will fuck skeletons. And that's your new Edinburgh show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's 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 <laughs> seven o'clock. Pleasant belief. <laughs> <laughs> Belief is appropriate. Uh, Brett doesn't just have skeletons in his closet. He's got skeletons <laughs> in his sex dungeon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so what about Singing in the Rain to you really like? Oh. Uh, well, if, I, I, if I hadn't seen it before, why would you recommend it to me? Because uh, I'd say, because there's something like, because uh, it's joyful. Yeah. It's like pure joyful. And it, and also, I guess because it's like old and it's sound and it's a classic and it's sound. If you hadn't seen it, you'd be like, oh, this is probably going to be work, isn't it? Mm. It's probably going to be like... Could, could be like an art film. It's really fun and joy. It's like pure joy for for an hour and however long it is. The, I mean, the, it's, uh, old films do put people off. Yeah, and I don't really think of them as old. I just think of them as you know classic Boring. films. But oh. the first time I saw um, Casablanca, you obviously live in a world, mm. especially in the eighties when there were so many um, so many people that were influenced by Casablanca, and Casablanca was like a part of you know pop culture, culture or yeah. culture it was in the lexicon mm-hmm. you know, everyone had a reference to C- Casablanca and you go and you, go, and you feel like you've seen it before you've seen it you go oh no and I watched Casablanca maybe seven years ago something like that and um, uh, for the first time and yeah that's amazing it's that's like, that's, right, it's, it? it zips along it's got amazing performances it's got like you know performances that you don't get anymore mm. but um, yeah Humphrey Bogart's amazing in that um, yeah I'd fuck him as well Oh, definitely. <laughs> That's my <right. laughs> <laughs> And uh, what was your third favourite film? Oh, we've done them. That was it. Oh, Don't Look Now. Don't, don't look, look Now. now. Right, yeah, yeah. Why'd you... Mm, yeah. Don't, don't Look Now I've wa- uh, is one of them films... I, I always loved it, and then the more I've watched it, I watched it sort of ag- again, and then I showed it to someone, and I was like, fuck, this is such a good... F-. Like, the more yeah. I watch it, I'm like, God, this is a good film. Do you, uh, do you find it scary? Yes, but it's more... You know, why I love Don't Look Now mostly is it's my... F- I think it's the best film about a marriage that I've ever seen that is like a positive portrayal. Like in films, you either have like romantic comedies where they get together at the end or you have like most long-term couples in films don't like each other or... Do you mm. know what I mean? Or, or they're side characters. And in Don't Look Now, you have a married couple who are going through stuff and they seem so real. It's some of the best performance ever and they seem... Like, they love each other, and it's such a nice yeah. portrayal of a marriage. And there's this sex scene, which is famous. And I don't think I understood it when I was younger, when I first saw it. I just thought, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a naughty sex scene. But actually, without being, like, soft about it, it's very loving. It's, yeah. it's two people. It means something. It's, it's not just about a penis being inserted into a vagina. Into a skeleton. It's about, it's about a penis being inserted into fixing a relationship. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the first time they've had sex since it's their daughter died. And, it, and it, it, it's very... It's a scene that you can cry and wank to. <laughs> <laughs> and that is unusual. Um, what's your favourite line in the, in the film? In Don't Look Now? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what it is. It's, she told you. Oh, right. She told you. <laughs> My favourite line is when he comes out of the toilet and he turns around to his wife and says, I'd give it five minutes before you go in there. <laughs> uh, very, it's uh, very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> is that where the title comes from? Uh, don't look don't, now. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> I'm trying to begin. Don't go in the toilet. Um, so I'm going to play. What's your, you've got, we're going to play a song. What's your favourite song, mate? Oh, my favourite song is not that. That is not it. It's a Billy Joel song. Hello. Billy, oh. <laughs> Billy Joel Vienna, not Ultravox Vienna. But oh, I listen, Joel I like Ultravox <laughs> Vienna. You can play it. Well, I mean, you should probably make the top I 500. Think, I think why, why is it? It's not a cover. It's a totally different song. Completely different song. <laughs> so I, I don't know why you weren't more specific, Brett, when you well, said I did say Vienna. Billy, I said Billy Joel. Billy Joel was my favourite, and then I said Vienna. Okay, I right. Do you like songs that are called Vienna, though? Yeah, That's I do. The title. I do like that song. You can play Ultravox. <laughs> no, I really don't like this song. <laughs> oh, right. I, I hate this. I oh, hate right. Vienna. So I guess we'll just play one of mine. <laughs> Bring it. 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my favourite song, by the way, guys. Uh, why does this say, what is going wrong with the fucking thing today? Um, oh, I know what it is. Yeah! Nick and Nat's fan club <laughs> on Foobar Radio. Uh, I'm having real problems with the buttons today. <laughs> Uh, and uh, hello, my name is Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Nathaniel Metcalf. Uh, we're joined in the studio today. Uh, I mean, uh, you either listen to the hour or you don't fucking bother. Uh, this is Brett Goldstein. Uh, what's, who's your favourite? Uh, what, what were you just talking about in the, in the, during the song? There? I we're don't know. We're talking about... Um, uh, you, your favourite film. Who else should uh, dig up? And uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. uh, we're talking about uh, Billy Joel. Yeah, there's a man who's still currently alive, so I suppose I could, I've got to wait a few years before I'm... Fancying him, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I love Billy Joel. I love him. Mm. I, I'm not ashamed of it. I think he he is. Why do people say Billy Joel? I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it. I love him so much. I don't know how to say his name. I think it is. Billy what do you Joel. like about him? I'm not sure about Billy Joel. I, I think feel... he's like Shakespeare. I think he's like. I think he's lived and loved, and I think he can uh, express that. And he's very. He's very funny. He's very funny. And if you see him live, which I have fucking loads, yeah. he's very funny. He used to do stand-up when he was in the beginning. And he's quite like, um, I suppose he's quite like, he's a sort of manly type, but he's very vulnerable. Well, that's it. Well, that's because I know a couple of years ago, he did like a tour with Elton John, didn't he? Mm. And to me, they seem like birds of a feather. They seem like very similar sort of singer-songwriters but I remember at the time people like what? These yeah. two? They're like chalk and cheese and I was going no they're not they're, they're basically doing the same thing yeah they're basically the same um, I think there's a Twisted Sister song called Be Cruel to Your School and right. it's Twisted Sister uh, and they spell school uh, you know S-K S-K-O-O uh, or something or it, then maybe they S-C-U-E-L like mm, cruel yeah um and that has got Alice Cooper doing uh, backing, backing vocals on that. And then halfway through, uh, Billy Joel comes in and he starts playing this piano solo. And it's kind of like, wow. Sweet. Just imagine it without Twisted Sister. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a really, yeah. So I, and I went to see Billy Joel at, uh, uh, in Madison Square. And that was it. Um, it was, yeah, um, you know. <sighs> It's good. It was, no, he is good. I, I do like him. Um, I also think he's, he's something that I grew up with, and there's a lot of like people that you know you listen to when you were younger, or your mum and dad would listen to, and I think he was one of them. And there are people that I, I've grown out, gro- when I sort of grew up, I was like, oh, that's not great. But Billy Joel, I'm like, nah, that was great. But that's it. I'm I know him with from like, Uptown Girl and things like nah, that. And I think, like, is that, well, I don't like this. Um, in the R- River of Dreams, yeah. is that what it's called? River Dreams. That maybe was, if I think back to when I was little, that mm. might have been my favourite song of all time for when I was seven, you know. Like, and, and, and whenever I hear it, I just... Uh, I did a show called Dare to Dream, and I used that as my sort of, like, oh, yeah. uh, audience music, and it was on, like, repeat loads. Do I know this song? In the middle of the night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go walk through my dreams. Uptown Girl is like... You know Bare Naked Ladies? It's like, if you've only heard one week... Right. ...you think that's Bare Naked Ladies. But, in fact, Bare Naked Ladies are fucking excellent, but they did sort of one sort of stupidly like fun pop song and unfortunately that was their biggest hit and everyone goes that's it's a bit like that with Uptown Girl like, so nothing he's done is like sure. Uptown Girl if like you were Warren, to recommend Warren and the song Cherry Pie from Uncle Tom's Cabin they just yeah. added that at the last minute and it was their only hit if you Great were to album. recommend a Billy Joel song for someone who doesn't really <laughs> I'd go <laughs> Billy Joel I'd g- well I'd go Scenes from an Italian Restaurant what's the Saigon fucking epic it's like eight minutes and it's sort of four interlocked stories okay and uh and that gives you like an album in one song. The Piano Man as well. Piano Man's a song. And, uh, <laughs> and what's the Sci- what's the Saigon one called? Good Night Saigon. I mean that. I mean fucking hell. That is that would destroy you. Okay. That would absolutely. That's like. I can handle this. You can't. Mm. So fucking more than Kez. Would it destroy me more I than Kez? I think you well, just enjoy is, Kez, don't you? Yeah. you don't like, and you're not moved by it. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I am I'm worried not a psychopath. You, you, you don't think it's funny. You I you do press, think it's funny, yeah. If you press play to Good Morning Saigon and press play on Kez at the same time, just when it starts, so it <laughs> syncs up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, okay, good. Billy Joel, I like him. 
Good. He can go into bank loan. Bank, into, wow. <laughs> I mean, there's no real concept. He can join the, the clubhouse. Hey, if you like, uh, a no. lot of fact, there you go. Uh, so, there's something there. Who's your favourite actor, Brett? While we've got my favourite actor. Yeah. Uh, my favourite, uh, my favourite movie star is Denzel Washington. Even though I'm almost convinced he's a not a nice man. I think, yeah. Well, same, but then who is? Same conflicts, but I, I know that if I put on a Denzel Washington mm. film, mm. it'll be a solid two hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised. It's weird. I've got, like, favourite films that I've only seen, like, one or two times. I've seen Flight, which isn't a great film. Not a great film. I've seen that about six times. That's too many times to have seen Flight. Mm. And that's kind of like a go-to film where you go, yeah, but it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good... And he's great in it. I do like Denzel Washington. He is As a, an actor. Yeah, he's, he, he brings it. Whatever it is, he's got it. Charisma, I don't know what the word is. Star quality. I just watch him and go like, oh, I can't wait till you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. Um, cool. I, should, well, I wonder if he's more of a... An actor than a movie star, though, for me. I don't. I, I wonder if he's like. No. I think of him like. I don't he's think. He's a movie star. He's a movie star. Okay. Because he's, he's a, a what? He's got. He's got. He comes in and he's like, even if you think shit, he's going to bring some charisma. Yeah. He's going to bring some. And also, he's got, go he's got one of the best uh, actor-director uh, partnerships uh, with Tony Scott, hasn't he? Oh, he made yeah, loads yeah. of great yeah. Tony Scott films. Yes. Um, and then also, you know, I, I went to see Unstoppable at the yeah. cinema. Yeah, it's just too. like, and and you don't need to see that film at the cinema. You don't need to see it anywhere, but it's got Denzel <laughs> Washington in it. Go on, what's your actor theory? No, I was just saying, I think he's a good actor, but I don't know if I have that thing with him, like, I don't see him as that charismatic. I don't have that with him. I think when I see him in stuff, I go, oh, he's good in this, but I don't have that thing like... But I'm not drawn to it. Yeah. That's fine. It's That's okay. allowed. Yeah. But um, you're wrong. <laughs> that's fact, <very> love. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, yeah. no, I think that's interesting. I've never, yeah. I never think of that he's, in that way. I think he's. Um, we'll yeah. take the Equalizer, which we've talked which about. Which is before, fucking which terrible. Which is an awful, awful film. And I do have a theory about the Equalizer that nothing he does is equal to the original <laughs> crime <laughs> by a long way. And I, I think he might be the bad guy in it. Mm. Like someone. It, one I mean, he's such a good actor that I thought that was Edward Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> He's incredible. Uh, the thing about the Equalizer yeah. is, because uh, Denzel Washington's in it, it takes you to about halfway through the film to realise it's shit. Yeah, because exactly. you just think it's Denzel Washington. It must be good. There's a bit where he he sees someone pickpocket a wallet, and he picks up a hammer and follows <laughs> the person. I'm like, that's not equal. <laughs> take his wallet. Tie his shoelaces together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> smash his head in with a hammer. That's yeah. not the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're even. Yeah. <laughs> even Stevens. Now we're equal, guys. <laughs> uh, um, should we play the game? Yes. Right, we've got a game. Uh, we, uh, now it's time to play uh, the world famous uh, Nathaniel Metcalf game, uh, Better or Worse. Better or Worse, oh. Brett, is the game in which you have to guess which of these people, or places, or things are better or worse than the one following. Okay. It's based entirely on my own opinions. Love it. So, is Sophie Ellis-Bexter better or worse than Beyonce? Worse. That's fan club. Worse. She is worse than Beyonce. Is Beyonce better or worse than oh. Danny Glover? Worse. Beyonce's worse. I think Beyonce's probably better than Danny Glover. Oh, what? So I'm going to say... Oh, I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) Is Danny Glover better or worse than the killer dwarf from the end of Don't Look Now? That's That's Van Club! That's Van Club! Oh, God. Worse? No. The killer dwarf is better. Yeah, yeah, Danny Glover is worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, So it's the killer dwarf from Van Club. From fan club, okay, yeah. uh, fan club, and don't look now. <laughs> now mostly she, don't look fan club. She yeah. better or worse than the Muppets? Worse. Yeah, worse than okay, the Muppets. Yeah. Muppets are great. High yeah, card. Yeah. It's a high card. Did you That's know about card. this before you came in? Nah. Really? Um, what are you really? with? You got Muppets and don't look now. No, it's, I mean, I'm allowed to talk. Denzel but. better show up. <laughs> are the Muppets better or worse than Norman Wisdom? The Muppets are better than Norman Wisdom. They are. <laughs> Is yeah. Norman Wisdom better or worse than? Harry Grant. Not to Nick. Uh, <laughs> would, you fuck, um, would you fuck Norman Wisdom's chops? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Right. Okay, then worse than Harry Grant. Not even with yours, mate! <laughs> <laughs> worse than Harry Grant. Um, yeah, he is worse than Harry Grant. Yeah. 
Is Cary Grant better or worse than Ooh. Planet of the Apes? That's Roddy McDowell. Uh, but it is, yeah. Roddy Specifically Roddy McDowell. Yeah, right, then, all right, then we'll have that. Roddy McDowell as Cornelius in Planet of the Apes. Is better than Cary Grant. Is he Grant? better or worse than Cary Grant? Better? It's better, yeah, better. Um, <laughs> fuck off, mate. <laughs> is Roddy McDowell as Cornelius from Planet of the Apes yeah. better or worse than Vincent Price? In anything? In anything. He's better. Uh, he's, Roddy McDowell is better. He's than... worse. I think he's worse than Vincent <sighs> Price. Yeah. Last one. Is Vincent Price better or worse than Peter Cushing? Oh, the lally. Better. He's better. Uh, Vincent Price is better. No, he's worse. Oh. No, that's not true. Um, it is. It is true. It's entirely based on my own opinion, it's Nick. Not, so it's not, it's not it true. doesn't. Well, it doesn't count. It's not true. Uh, well, that that came with a sack of shit this week. <laughs> <laughs> Very controversial. I didn't expect it to be this controversial. No. Nat. Did, well, I, did I win? What just happens? Just when you think that, well, how many? Did I you think win? it's better well, what, than last week's. Because <laughs> basically, what happens is uh, uh, I'm meant to be taking score while you're. Playing, no, do you know what? I have been doing this because I haven't done it this week. It's fine because well, I don't know what you scored, Brett, but I think you've done very well. Oh, but great. currently, Jack Barry yeah. got four. four. Hayley Campbell got seven, Ooh. and I'm doing it out of ten cards now to keep it even, okay. and we'll find out. Next week, what your score was? Oh, you're okay, great. That's, so if if you're, that's it's a good like reason to tune gear, in. Okay, yeah, really good. It's exactly like Top Gear. You're right. <clears throat> yeah, it's lovely. Oh well, we've come to almost the end of another. Well, should I tell you my story? Yeah. Oh yeah. To I tell you my story. Um, so I've got a friend who's a teacher, right and uh, the other the other week uh, she was in a pub, and she saw Jim Broadbent. And um, and she went. She was like, "Oh, Jim Broadbent. He was in one of the Harry Potters, wasn't he?" I believe so. Yeah. And she went over to Jim Broadbent, and she was just like, "Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Um, uh, I'm a teacher at school. All the kids love you. Uh, do you think? <laughs> do you think I could take a photo with you? Um, and I can show them." And he said, "No, no, no that's fine." So she took a photo with him, and then uh, she showed her mate. Uh, I had my photo with Jim Broadbent. And they said, uh, no, that's not Jim Broadbent. Uh, that's convicted sex offender Jonathan King. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> King! <laughs> My kids was, love you. She was just like, oh no, I mentioned the kids. <laughs> Absolutely incredible, isn't it? It's like the worst person. It's the worst person. The worst. The worst scenario. To do that oh well. Oh, the kids love you. Oh, he must have. He was like, "Where's this been over the moon?" Must have absolutely made his day. Um, so uh, yeah, everyone's got it at the moon. <laughs> so um, we're going to finish now. Uh, Brett, uh, anything? To, what time's your show on in Edinburgh? Oh, it's seven pm at the Pleasant Courtyard. It's called Brett Goldstein. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Wicked. Right. Well, I'm not going to be there, but um, I'll hope. be there every day. Every day. Every day. Okay. Good. That's fair <laughs> club. <laughs> uh, we're going to play out with. Thank uh, you your, for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Is it? Yeah. Which one, Vienna? No. See you in What? Oh. Yeah. It's Uptown Girl by Westlife. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you wanted? If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.